Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's a reality that we're meant to exist in because he's now made the ancient pathways the new and living way. The new and living way, Hebrews 10, is the same as the ancient pathways, which is a person. The person of Jesus. The person of Christ. Once we acknowledge those things and we can begin to realize those things and walk in those things, you know, people have caught hold of this and they've had plants come alive near them. They've had flowers that were bent over and droopy come alive and start to have dead petals resurrect. You know, how do people resurrect people from the dead? Well, they're so full of life. They can release nothing but life. So bringing light to your body, your actual light body, and so we do that by seeking and spending time and doing good deeds. They are our alms that are rendered up before God. And then he gives, he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Oh. And what is that reward? It's more of his presence. It is light. He is the light of the world. And we're becoming the light of the world as we empty ourselves out from sin, condemnation, fear, rejection, whatever, and we're, yeah. we're, we're walking and building confidence of who we are in him because of who he says we are. And as we add that light, we are going to shine brighter in the midst of the darkness around us. And that's what we're supposed to do, especially in these times. And you, in, in order for you to shine and to burn with passion, you have to have oil. You have yeah. to have oil continually within your lamp. And so the oil, it, it comes through a process of crushing. Won't you come, come and take me away? I just wanna be with you. Won't you come? My guest today is Lou Gagey. Together, we explore the reality of everlasting life. Life more abundant your light body, attaining light. How do you do it? What is the process? Give me some scriptural backing. Listen, we discuss it all. This was a great talk. When you listen to this, the Holy Spirit is going to encounter you. You're going to get impartation, understanding. We laughed. The presence of God was so strong in this episode. So, so, so good, man. I really enjoyed uh, talking with Luke for the first time. We've been friends on social media for a while, but this was the first look at us um, getting to know one, one another and, and building in the spirit. Such a good talk. I hope you enjoy. Luke, welcome to the Truth Seeker Podcast, my friend. How are you? 
Hey, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Yeah, appreciate it. I'm doing well. Doing well. Living the dream is what I like to say. <laughs> heck yeah, heck yeah. Um, man, we we're talking off air, and I don't like to talk off air. You know, I'm always like people that will get into conversation. I'm like, nope, shut up, stop talking, stop talking, because all of this is going to be good to explore and uh, and open up a portal. You know what I'm saying of of revelation and and uh, exploration really through these conversations, which Absolutely. is which is the foundation of this podcast exploration through conversation. So I uh, wanted to go ahead and, and jump right in, man, you um, bring to the table a lot. Uh, one of the things that you're working on right now is a, is a course and, and you've been very vocal and open about this idea of uh, eternal life and uh, th that journey and what that means. And, and, before we went live, I talked about how I've kind of been a skeptic of some of those things. We talked about uh, Gil Hodges, and I noticed something really near and dear to his heart, and Justin Abraham, and many other people who talk about eternal life, and even in this body, like keeping this body uh, in yeah. eternity. And I've been a skeptic of it, and uh, but I, I had a revelation. I had a, a deep study where God sat me down and showed me, and uh, it was beautiful. So I can't wait to explore and unfold my findings and your findings and kind of, you know, weigh them against each other um, just for exploration's sake. Cause I got some questions, man, I'm a student. And that's one thing you mentioned too, like we're ever learning. So I wanna, I wanna talk about that with you today, but um, yeah. for, for people who don't know who you are about your work, what you bring to the table, just kind of give a brief overview who you are, what you do, and we can start there. Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, like you said, I'm Luke Agee. Uh, I uh, live in West Virginia with my wife and four beautiful children. Um, I'm, I guess, what you call an itinerant minister. Um, I do a lot more online these days. And actually, that's kind of my roots. Started almost 10 years ago. The Lord just spoke to me and said, go on Facebook and start prophesying over people. And that was kind of my grid for my understanding of a lot of things at that time. And it kind of just opened up this uh, calling inside of me that I knew existed to basically minister, that my life was ministry, my life was to exist as a son of God and reveal the Father. And so kind of began there, now been ordained a couple different places since then. And so, yeah, I travel through invite, do online ministry, personal counseling, I'm an author of the book, of course, we'll get into that. And, you know, so, yeah, that's what I do, man. I'm, I'm all about kind of the, the, the fringe, you know, uh, I love loved your podcast for a while. Uh, I love what you're into because I love listening to all the things that is really outside of the box for the most mainstream, you know, uh, boxed in Christianity, even though 100% my heart is, you know, Christ, there's only one way uh, and it's a person and it's Jesus Christ. So without a doubt, but I've never been afraid uh, to explore the, the dark areas, the fringe areas. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, man. And it seems so simple now that I say it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's cool because it's, it's starting to catch on, you know, this, yeah. this stuff that we kind of, I had to put my neck out there to talk about a lot of stuff and, uh, and it's catching on now. Now, um, what was laughed at, ridiculed and scoffed is now practicing, a lot of churches is now taught from a lot of pulpits. I mean, I remember even um, a lot of this, this information about vibration and about frequency and sound healing and stuff. And you gotta, you gotta explore, man. You gotta go to the origins of this stuff. And, you know, I looked into Pythagoras and things like that. And, and now I see like Perry Stone, like I got teachings, bro. And like, 
I found Perry Stone like word for word teaching all of the stuff that we've been studying and exploring for years. But it, it kind of piggybacks off of what we were talking about before we pushed record of how when people separate themselves and they are taught of God, he shows you where to where to research and and where to explore and how to expand into new territories or forgotten territories, I would say. And so this information that I've received, many other researchers have brought this stuff to the table, Dr. Emoto with life and frequency and, and, and healing yeah. and things like that. But to see Perry Stone teaching that stuff, um, it's a message for the body of Christ to return back to the ancient path and stuff, but how oh, yeah. people are, are getting the similar um, downloads or revelations, if you will, whenever they go and seek God in prayer and, and he teaches them. So what, what, what has been your experience with that about God teaching his mysteries and giving everybody a piece of it? That's yeah. been the biggest thing. We are the body. Everybody has a piece of it or can see it from a, a different perspective. And we have something to, to bring to the table to further the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're a many membered body. And so there's always going to be pioneers and there's always going to be people that are on the forefront and cutting edge of things, you know, that are uh, going to shift the level, what I would say of consciousness and understanding that can enter into the body. Uh, but, you know, the father Yahweh is always intended for the whole body to grow together. There's a lot of reasons why there's, you know, certain people that can manifest power. That's from what, you know, Paul called the power of the age to come. There's always an age to come. So there's always people that are able to tap into that on an individual level. But what the father is really always ultimately doing is even Jesus was teaching that to the disciples when he was doing the works that they were like, this is, this is impossible. And they were super, you know, like, I can't believe this is going on. He must be the Messiah. And then half were like, no, he's demonized. And the other were like, well, how could he be demonized <laughs> if he's doing these things? You know, the demons wouldn't work for him and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, um, it's always going to be where there's some people that are on the forefront, but the reason why some things seem like it takes a long time to really come forth is because the father's always wanting a corporate body manifestation of those truths. And so when there's a certain time frame, this is my opinion, is when there's a certain amount of the body that gets to the platform, it starts cracking open the new age. You know, I fully believe we've gone out of a church type age mentality into a kingdom age type mentality. You'll hear people talk about that. And the reason being is because I think it's the level of consciousness that's arisen within the body. And so those forefront people, those pioneers are the ones that are kind of like breaking through the, the, the surface, if you will, you know, trying to tap in to that shell, kind of start to, uh, you know, how the enemy likes to desensitize. So this is the opposite. This is the father using people to start to bring people aware to what's really there, you know, awaken them and bring awareness. And so then what the father's always wanting is for everyone as a corporate body to come into that. So the people that exist on the forefront are there to shift the, the level of awareness and, you know, the consciousness level that exists within the body has to come forth uh, from other people getting to that place first. 
And he does it through those that are seeking, you know, it says seek and you shall find. So when these other people find it, they start wanting to really give it to these others at the right time. And when they start to do that, then the rest of the body can start to tap in and then they'll seek, which means they'll find. So it's just the continual pattern of how the father always works with some to bring the mass, the, the minority to create a majority, you know? Yeah. That's so good, man. Um, I, I, you know, the analogy of the canary in the coal mine, yeah. like we have to make sure that he's okay. I want to make yeah. sure that this is like, it's almost, you know, also the analogy of, of, uh, Peter stepping out of the boat, you know, Absolutely. it's like, Hey, you, you can come out here, yep. you know, and I've heard it said, like, what if he was calling the entire entirety of the boat? Like, no, you all can come, but they're right. too scared. Like, nah, there's. There's new agers out there. There's yeah. sharks out there. There's demons and devils. There's, there's, uh, you know, the unknown into the unknown, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's where you gotta he's let bidding. it go to get to the unknown. Let it go. Come on, man. Um, but he's bidding us to step into that, you know? And so once, once we see Peter step out of the boat, we like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to follow Peter. He's okay. Yeah. He's yeah. living yeah. in that exploration that risk, if you will, birthed an encounter for him to be embraced by the Messiah on the on on, on the water, and for him to be pri prideful or this is my encounter and you guys can't have it. No, this encounter was done so that you know that God is not a respecter of persons, and what I did, you can do also. And that's the yeah. beautiful thing about forerunners and about people stepping out. But in the past, and this is totally changing. There's been gatekeepers yeah, who are us foreign no more. And when yeah. we, you mentioned the church age, they're totally, hey, God, hey, nope, you don't have the same yeah. doctrines. You don't look like us. You don't talk like us. We can't let you on our stages. Uh, stop yeah. praying for people at our altars, you know, whatever. Like they got all kind of weird rules and stuff. So there's these weird gatekeepers in the church realm, but also in many realms in, in corporate on every job site you go to there are gatekeepers that are like we got to keep this person down and those people are losing their power because mm -hmm. again god is not just dealing with one person anymore he's dealing with the body whosoever will come who whosoever will draw away to seek me i'm going to speak to them and i'm going to deal righteously with them and uh and that's a beautiful thing that we don't need uh someone's permission to, to be used of God, where we did in the past, like you said, doing internet ministry, you just be yourself, what yes. God has shown you, what he's spoken to you to release, you do it, and whoever it resonates with, it resonates with, and you don't need any permission. And so a lot of those early people, I think, are losing their power um, because they've become prideful with it. Now, they have to humble themselves because pride cometh before a fall. And God can still use them to shepherd and to to help get to the next level. But it's one of those things where you got to embrace the people under you and pour into them and uh, and, and and work together yeah. as a body. Yeah. Have you have you noticed that, or have you had to deal with that spirit at all? Oh yeah, all of the above. Yeah, uh, you know, I've I've been I wasn't part of a church system since about the time I was twenty one. Uh, until the Lord actually called me back in again here recently. And I believe it's all because of the timing. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, so when I was 21 was about the time the Lord called me out of corporate church setting, and he really needed to get me into a one-on-one place to start to understand things and to actually really know him and know his heart for things. And so that was for me. I'm not saying it was for everyone, but, you know, it depends on your, you know, your situation and your walk with the Lord. But those gatekeepers have always been around, like you said, you know, Jesus always talked to them and to the disciples and said, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, your leaders know the way and they enter in, but they don't allow you to enter in. You know, they became, yeah. uh, instead of open doors, they became closed doors because of exactly what you were saying. They didn't want the people. And it's to me always been you know, the whole Martin Luther Reformation, it's always been because they don't want the masses to know the freedom they have. They don't want the masses to walk in the reality that really Jesus said, you're to be exactly as me. I'm just the preeminent one. I'm the firstborn. I'm the king of all you other kings. I'm the Lord of all you other lords. You know, I'm the most high God of all you other gods. It's, it's, he said, I'm the first, Mm -hmm. but you guys are all supposed to replicate. And going back to the Peter thing, what was really cool um, about that is, you know, they had never seen anybody walk on water, right? But instantly when they did, a level of consciousness became open to then immediately a second person did. Then what's so cool about that too, is once they got in the boat, then it said they were all immediately to the other side. So in that moment, it was like what you just talked about, that whole teaching Jesus did through the reality of what he revealed to them. First, he walked on the water, opening the gateway for someone else to do it. Then he got in the boat and moved them all corporately to the next side and was like, listen, this is individual. And then it becomes corporate. So like all of that was played out in that moment. But yeah, going back with the gatekeepers, you know, um, a lot of times these leaders are for a timing. Yeah. You know, it may not be what the father wants at this particular time frame, and it may truthfully, as weird as this sounds, it may not be what he ever really intends, but it may have been for a timing he allowed it to take place mm-hmm. because of that maturing of the body that's necessary. So like we talked a little bit before you hit record, maturity can come either through the father chastising us in a loving way, which it's always a loving way, but where it feels real good. And then other times it's chastisement where we're like, this is, this is the way God would do this. Why are these people acting like this? We don't need these people doing this and treating us like that. And it's the father teaching us either one way or the other. So yeah, I'm fully with you. I've seen it where that's shifting. I mean, honestly, you know, I don't believe the father put COVID in the earth by any means just to put that out there, but I know he always uses everything for his reason. It wasn't like he was caught off guard by it. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like if Yahweh was in heaven, like, oh no, where did this come from? No, he, he knows about it all. So he's used it to show the hearts of leaders. He's used it to show where people have been as far as their understanding of trusting him in health, trusting him in the midst of pandemics, trusting him where their fear levels at, where the maturity levels at, you know, all these things. And so the intentions of leaders have really been put out in the open. And I believe we're going to continue to be put out in the open even more. Uh, Isaiah 20 verse six says that the people are going to say, we can't believe these are the ones that we trusted in that these are the ones that we ran and put our hope in. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think is going on is where the father is, you know, Isaiah had to walk around naked for three years in chapter 20. And I'm, I'm glad we've never had to be called to do that. Hey, I and, thought there uh, was a season. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like a Win Hoff season, right? Just, <laughs> you know, freezing water naked. But, you know, he had to walk around naked for three years. And it was because the father said, I'm going to strip everything bare. I'm going to reveal all the leadership. And so we all need that. We all need to ask of that. 
You know, being laid bare before the Father is something we should ask for daily, and it's going to happen to everyone at some point in time. It just may not be in the way some people want it to be if they want to be covered up <laughs> as much as possible. So, yeah. yeah, I believe all of it. The balances are being it's being brought back, That's you so know, good. together where there's been an imbalance of mm-hmm. we're the four and no more. We're the leadership. We're the few, the mighty, you know, uh, and then you got the people over here that are like, feed us like baby birds and we need you. And God's saying, no, look, I'm going to show you, you need me. And so there's this revolutionary thing where it's not going to become like this. Mm-hmm. It's going to become like this. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good, bro. Um, and even looking at prophetically what's going on, in the news and what's going on in our government with well, leaders who are yeah. being exposed. And I'm not yeah. talking about the church. I'm talking about in the secular world, yeah. in our government and celebrities who the things that you've been doing in darkness have been brought to the light and you can't hide it. You yeah. never could. And so yeah. you better live in the light as he is in the light. And so there's a good reason. And so that's an yeah. example of what's happening in the spirit um, it, you don't even have to be prophetic to see it. It is biblical. It's from Genesis to, to Revelation of very much so at the beginning of, of walking with God naked, dancing with God as David did naked and having nothing that separates you. No sin, no judgment, no idols, nothing separates you from your creator. That's true freedom. That's true authenticity that I am without shame. Sin is shame. Sin and condemnation brings shame where you got to have your head down. But when you're naked, even though you don't have to, you, you don't like perfect as in, in a sense as you think you already, already are perfect. But right. in, in the sense that you may not have it all together, but he has it all together and his righteousness. And you know how much you're loved and there's nothing that you can do that separates that. There's nothing yeah. that can take that away. Like yeah. our righteousness is of him and he loves you, not contingent upon your works and, and these things. And so uh, being naked before God yeah. and having a season where it's like, listen, come, come whatever may. There was um, a DVD that came out in the early 2000s with uh, Lauren Hill. And it's amazing. She put out a, she put out a, a, an acoustic album. And mm. this was her like having this kind of like, come to Jesus moment where she just stepped out of Hollywood and out of the music industry and uh, mm-hmm. just started singing songs about God and Psalms and stuff like that. It was on MTV and she's crying and, but her music is anointed and she's open, letting it all out. And she's sharing her story. And uh, she talked about how um, when she would hide things in the media, they would always try to get to the bottom of it and, and uh, they, they found out she was pregnant and she didn't want anybody to know. And they found out and they told everybody, you know? Yeah. And so as long as she was trying to hide things, they were looking for it to reveal it openly. But the next time she got pregnant and she wanted to tell people and wanted the news to know to like release the, the good news, nobody cared. They didn't oh, want yeah. to cover it. So <laughs> as long as, as she was trying to hide things, they wanted to expose it to the light, like your enemies yeah. and the tabloids and stuff like that. But yeah. So well, she, that goes back, if I can jump in for a yeah. second, to me, I think that's the biggest thing to use as a powerful example of what any kind of enemy desires to do. Yeah. If you if you leave everything out bare and exposed before the father, then the accuser has nothing to accuse. 
And so, you know, it says the serpent was going to feed off the dust in Genesis 3. It talks about the serpent. When you really study that, it actually doesn't talk about what we think about a physical snake crawling on its belly on mm-hmm. the earth. Because snakes don't eat dust. <laughs> you know, you're like, you read that, we get taught that it's a real physical snake and it eats physical dust. None of them do. <laughs> but what it means is that there's an enemy that wants to feed off of what is called dust, which is anything carnal. So if you keep all of that before the Father and knowing that you've had it removed from you through Jesus, then you have no desire to hide. And that's really what the Father is wanting to take is that false trauma that Adam had when he tried to hide. So bearing your, if Adam would have just walked back naked before the Father, it wouldn't have even been so much about eating of the tree. It would have been the whole shame, guilt, condemnation, which is why Romans 8 clearly talks about. That's the main thing he took from us in the spirit of the law of life is the law of death came from guilt shame condemnation so when the serpent has nothing to feed off of in your life you won't see any snakes so anyway i just yeah. i just love what you were no, sharing that's so good like and if and if you do see the snakes they, yeah. they serve a purpose right yeah exactly exactly yeah. to to purge you know what i'm saying to deal with you know there's bottom feeders man there's like un, you know the unclean animals in the scriptures you know yeah. of uh, the catfish and the lobsters and those things they they serve a purpose. Like yeah. they're bottom feeders. They're they're there to clean up. They're the cleanup guys. Uh mm-hmm. ants and vultures and those things, the pesky ants and 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 stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, termites even. Like w- they have a purpose to Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, even though they're pesky, we don't like them. Like when yeah. you throw dead a dead carcass on the ground like and you don't clean it up god has an order and a system in place of these beings these animals that come out of the earth and they clean up yeah the 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 waste in this in the bile and the stuff that's not supposed to be there so just like our enemies just like the the the, you know the chastisement of the Mm -hmm. lord the correction of the lord and so he uses all things for our good including those those snakes yeah. So like you said, if you see, if you have a, a snake around, obviously it's a prophetic, uh, prophetically symbolical, then uh, give that thing the understanding of why it's there and recognize that, oh, this is something that I'm allowing this to be here and feed off of. So now I need to get rid of it. <laughs> and now it's not your enemy. Yeah, snake exactly. snake is not your enemy. You know? And if you try to fight and hide that, that's the only time you're getting into warfare because yeah. you're trying to cover up and, and hide that from an enemy, from yeah. that scavenger. But if you give it to that scavenger, then like you said, they won't attack you for what you freely gave yeah. them. And then you no longer have that as a part of you. Well, um, some 
spirits, some demons are only cast out through prayer and through fasting. That yeah. fasting idea is a starvation. Stop feeding it. It Bingo. keeps showing up because you you're giving it stuff to eat. You you yeah. are producing the fruit that it consumes. It doesn't eat bananas. It only eats figs. And so as long as you're throwing figs outside of your window or garbage yeah. or trash, if I throw gar garbage and trash outside of my window, I guarantee you yeah. raccoons, cats, dogs are going to meet outside of this window every night to come yeah. consume the garbage that I'm throwing out there. But if so I cool. cut them off, no more, they're yeah. going to go somewhere else and they're going to look for food and they're going to scavenge and, and all of that. So come on, man. Yeah. Sometimes you got to cut it off cool. that, that thing that you're feeding and it's going to, it's either going to die out or it's going to go somewhere else. It's going to be cast out. And that word yeah. cast out is the same word of a, a serving someone a certificate of divorce. Listen, you have yeah. no more legal right to be here because I'm not feeding you anything. If you stick around, you're going to die because you yeah. can't, you can't eat the 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 uh, manna or the uh, the fruit that I eat. You got to go somewhere else, and so it becomes yeah, yeah. practical. Your warfare becomes mm -hmm. practical, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. When you realize you're clean, then you walk in cleanliness, and not as in like you said, in a, in a way where it's like now I'm perfect and I'll never do anything wrong in a way that nobody will ever perceive it as wrong. Yeah. But you know that you're clean, clean before your father. You know, I've said this before and uh, <laughs> it doesn't strike everyone the right way. Uh, but, you know, be like Jesus and be a heretic to those that are going to call you a heretic anyway. <laughs> you know, Jesus was perfect before the father, not before the Sanhedrin. He was not perfect <laughs> before those who had the law, right? Yeah. Those that were trying to use the letter of the law to kill him ultimately did kill him, which he was okay with. He said, that's, that's my purpose. If not, you couldn't take my life from me. But he was only perfect before the father. He wasn't worried about being perfect before any man. So when you walk in that purity before the father, then you lose the concern to feed anyone else with anything because you're only allowing your life to be an incense to the father, to be bread to the father, to be relationship with the father. And that's the purity we all need to look to walk in. And when we understand, like you said, that all good things come from the father, then we realize everything serves a purpose that's going to glorify the father. John 11, four, when he goes to see Lazarus, you know, he says to Mary, he says, this death is not unto, um, or sorry, this sickness is not unto death, but unto the glory of the Father, so that the Son of Man may be glorified in it. If we recognize that about every situation in our life, then we'll take everything as a way to say, well, somehow, Father, you want me to glorify you in this. Show me what it is. Give me the wisdom to do that, and then you'll do it. If you seek him, you will find. You know, the other day, the Lord actually had me put a post out on Facebook. I hear him. I try to hear everything he's saying to me on a daily basis, and then some of it's for myself, mm -hmm. and then some of it's for later, and then sometime I kind of put it out there to kind of hopefully feed some of the corporate body some things, you know, and not that I think I have it all by any means. And so that's why I'm saying it's just a little dab will do you kind of thing. But, um, you know, pulling out the other day where the Lord was giving me this connection between seeking, which is why I thought it was so cool that you mentioned that right off the bat, because, you know, Matthew 6:33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. Hebrews 11, it says, you must know that God is and a rewarder of those mm. who diligently seek him. It says in Proverbs, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to seek it or search it out. So all these things with seeking have to do with finding and seeking then becomes a tool to bring revelation, manifestation, truth from heavenly realms into earthly realms. 
you know so no matter what the scenario may be seek the reason why it's it's this way so that you can bring the change you can bring the revelation and you know a lot of times going back to what we were talking about with pioneers and forerunners a lot of times they're going to experience things where they awaken or combat uh, ancient spirits that have been asleep for a long time or comfortable for a long yeah. time, we should say, because nobody's come around for a long time. You know, the ancient pathways, Jeremiah 6, 16, stand in the ancient pathways and seek for me. Uh, then you have where Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will give you the mysteries. Daniel 2, 22, talking about the mystery. See, the father has these mysteries there. Like the way I heard Bill Johnson say this one time, I absolutely love Bill Johnson as mm -hmm. a father to the body. He said, when the father has things out for us to seek and find, it's like us putting out Easter eggs for our children. We're not trying to keep them from finding them. We're actually going to make it to where they easily find it, you know, yeah. because if there's no seeking, there's no reward. That's so and good. So we, yeah. The father wants us to seek no matter what the situation is. I feel like I straight off the path. Just a little no, bit. It, I think we're, I think we're transitioning. Great. Honestly. Yeah. Okay, cool. That works for me, man. Yeah. So keep seeking people because the Lord's given you seeking as a tool. It's a harvesting tool. Seeking is a tool to pull from one realm into the next. So, yeah. And there's so many processes of that seeking. Yeah. There's so many, that. there's so many ways to, to get it. And you only will be rewarded if you seek. Yeah. And in and, and the universe reality, this existence is set up in such a way that you will find Absolutely. whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever it is that you're seeking, you're going to find it. And so if you're seeking, Jesus, you're going to find them. If you're seeking demons behind every corner, they're there for sure. hundred percent. If you're seeking angels, they're there. Whatever you're looking for, if you need to find it in the scriptures, if you need to find it in a documentary, if you need to find it in a forgotten ancient text that was once in the Bible and removed, you'll find it. It's out there. Whatever you're seeking, that's why we're talking about. So the idea was to talk about eternal life and everlasting Ooh. life. And, but yeah. But the way to get to that is a process of seeking it, seeking Absolutely. it. And if, if you want it, it's here for you. And I'm going to give you the mysteries. I'm going to give you breadcrumbs. Keep following, keep following, keep following. Um, so bringing light to your body, right? Your, your actual light body. And mm -hmm. so we do that by seeking and spending time and doing good deeds. They are our alms that are rendered up before God. And then he gives, he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Oh. And what is that reward? It's more of his presence. It is light. He is the light of the world. And we're becoming the light of the world as we empty ourselves out from sin, condemnation, fear, rejection, whatever. And we're, yeah. we're, we're walking in and building confidence of who we are in him because of who he says we are. And as we add that light, we are going to shine brighter in the midst of the darkness around us. And that's what we're supposed to do, especially in these times. And you, in, in order for you to shine and to burn with passion, you have to have oil. You have yeah. to have oil continually within your, your lamp. And so the oil, it, it comes through a process of crushing and of breaking and of testing and of trying which is all orchestrated by the father of lights. And it's, it's for very good reason so that you will have oil in your lamps to make it through the darkness. And uh, it is the parable of the, uh, of the virgins. It is uh, the anointing oil. It is even the baptism of fire. 
that yeah. we are becoming light and we're and we're being made into fine gold, which that gold, we're talking about eternity. We're talking yeah. about who we are. We are a temple that houses the presence of God and, and the, the, the cornerstone of that temple, literally your body is the foundation of Jesus Christ, which is pure gold refined and tried and tested is a sure foundation. And we build on top of that, literally in your body, you are building a, a temple, a dwelling place, an immaculate eternal cathedral in my father's yeah. house are many of you, many mansions for yeah. God to dwell in and to live, to live in, 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 in this reality. And we have that body. And so how do you get it? Everything that we've been talking about thus far, for yeah. sure is about adding light unto your body and becoming Christ and shedding off the old man and shedding off the old skin Galatians 6, 8 says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall mm -hmm. reap of the flesh corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall reap everlasting life. Everything that we've been talking about up to this point is how yeah. you sow, you give, you render into your spirit. First um, Corinthians 15, 40, there are heavenly bodies and there are yeah. earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is one kind and the glory of the earthly is another. There are different bodies, plural, heavenly yeah. bodies that we have, etheric yeah. bodies. The word etheric is the is the word for, for uh, uh, spiritual in the scriptures, if you guys didn't know. Your etheric body, your light body, your physical body, your conscious body, your rainbow body. Listen, we are not this crude matter, this flesh and blood. We are eternal, hue, whole, light beings, and we are being manifested in such a time as this let's talk about yeah. eternity eternal yeah. life what is your revelation what has the lord been showing you about life oh. eternal oh man um so yeah so much you just said open up so <laughs> <For sure. laughs> it's all so good yeah so second corinthians 5 talks about how we don't long to lay down this mortal flesh but to have it be swallowed up with the immortal spirit that we are so the first thing is we got to really come to a conscious awareness of is that we are spirit first. Yeah. We are a spirit that has a soul that has a body. But when we have that backwards, then it comes into the Galatians 6, 8 reality, where then we become uh, subdued spiritually because we see ourselves as a human body. So that's why I love, you know, Justin Paul Abraham's book, Beyond Human, because uh, before I ever read that, that was one of the things that I was so like, contemplating from from Yahweh which is the whole reality of being beyond this human body yeah. second Corinthians 5 17 you're a new creation in Christ Jesus old all old things are gone everything that existed pre-Jesus at the cross doesn't exist anymore and so you know uh man so many rabbit trails <laughs> Hallelujah. but you know he said he was the light of the world and he said that light that life was the light of man. Mm. So being the light of the world was the light of man that existed before the foundation of the world. And that light is life, which is why the transfiguration was so powerful in regards to right before he went to the cross, because to me, that was his declaration of revelation of, I am an immortal light being that could not ever die. And he told us this, he said, I would not die unless I laid my life down. Yeah. No man can steal my life from me. And so the Lord started speaking to me and he said, didn't, didn't, haven't I shown you 
And wasn't I telling them then that everything that I was to do, you were to do? John 14, every believer quotes it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus but i don't know how much we believe it all the works that i do you shall do and even greater so that means all the works that he shall do we're supposed to do which is you know not just the healing the sick raising the dead cleansing the lepers casting out demons but it's the whole reality of where he became invisible multiple times where he translated several times and that he said he was immortal and i believe him because he took his body back up right and so he told him he said this would never happen unless i personally willingly laid my life down if it wasn't his destiny scroll then he would have been like enoch and he would have never tasted death Mm -hmm. he would have been like um elijah who never tasted death which by the way those were the two or sorry uh in moses Mm -hmm. which I write about it in my book. I know a lot of people believe Moses had a uh, encounter with death, like we understand death, but my revelation just through the Holy spirit, you won't necessarily really see it in the Bible unless you have eyes to see it this way is that Moses had said was in pristine health. And then it said, then Moses died. Well, he didn't really die as in he all of a sudden had something wrong with his heart or his physical body gave up or whatever. It was literally that the father said, I have to take you. Because I told you, you're not going to the promised land. He said, I have to take. And plus, I also personally believe he would have never been able to die because of his time frame on the mountain with Yeshua. Mm -hmm. Because who was there that never died Mm. on the Mount of Transfiguration? Elijah and Jesus. And then we have Mm -hmm. Moses. Well, I fully believe people that have heard me talk for a while will, will have heard this before. I actually fully believe that Moses went up the mountain, went past the realm of time and space, and actually came into what we call the future and stood on the Mount of Transfiguration and saw Jesus, who is the promised land. And then he became as like him because it said, when you see him, you shall appear as like him. So how did he appear when he came back down the mountain? Not the Moses the people saw go up the mountain. That's why when he came back down, they were like, whoa, he had lightning lightning horns coming out of his head. Which is what happened to Jesus at the top of the mountain. Exactly. So he appeared as like him because he saw him as such. So when he saw the face of the transfigured Jesus, he saw the glory of the Lord that he kept asking for. What did Jesus, what did Moses only ask for? He said, show me your glory, Lord. And he saw the transfigured face of Jesus Christ. And then he became as like him. So they veiled him because in the time frame he entered back into like slices of bread, what we call past, present, and future, he came back down into that time frame and that time was not ready for it yeah moses was a forerunner he was ahead of it you know and so 
Yeah. I, you know, like I said, I could chase a whole lot of things right now, but basically it says that we are life-giving spirits. So if we are truly a spirit first and we recognize that our spirit has zero death to it, that our spirit is fullness of life because it's the light of God, which can never be quenched. It can never be put out. And that light is the life of men. And he said, I'm the light of the world. And then later he said, you're the light of the world. So that means he said, you are the life. You are the same life. So there's something, there's something that happens when I don't want to say a person dies, but they, they leave this realm. Um, they transfigure, they relocate, um, it opens up their mantle, what they carried, and they had to be at one place at one time, but it opens it up for more people to I- encounter it and to experience it. I mean, totally yeah. with, with Jesus, like he said, listen, yeah. no, it's better. Yeah, it's better on. that I go because yeah. now I can deal with all of you by yourselves. Like yeah. I can only talk to so many, I only have 24 hours. Like I need to, I, there's so much I want to tell you, you guys aren't ready. It's better that I go and I'm going to teach each one of you like individually at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So there's this, there's this multiplication that happens of this mantle that's, that is um, opened up as a, as a, it's split, it's ripped. And so I'm, I'm reading the scriptures and I'm reading about Jesus's purple seamless robe that he oh, had. Purple on. is the highest color of royalty. It is the uh, the the crown chakra, if you will, of and, and you know enlightenment and and being aligned. And so they tore, and they all divided his aura, his essence, his mantle. So your mantle was a robe, was a. Uh, and obviously we, we read it as a physical story, but this is a, a definitely a, a spiritual story. Anytime you read about clothing in the Bible, you're not reading about cloth. You're not reading about linen. You are reading about a, uh, uh, layer of your light body. And there's many, again, we talked about at the beginning, there's, you have a rainbow body. There's different levels. You have your physical body, you have your emotional body, your etheric body, your light body. And so um, even even the full armor of God, when you go back and read that, that is an armor that is like, oh, it's actually a weapon, but Mm -hmm. it is on the outside of you, which is what we call a hedge of protection. It actually Mm -hmm. says we're putting on our armor of light, of radiant light. And so we're becoming light. So all of this stuff ties in together with the light body and opening it, opening it up. When, when you have a leader that dies, like let's, let's just look at like, um, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, what happens after they give their life? Look yeah. at Moses. What happens after his mantle is split for, for everyone. Now we can get to the next level with his, his revelation Ooh. is, is given it's channeled. If you will, through his followers, even knowingly or unknowingly, they are expressions of that same essence. Any leader that becomes a martyr, it it, it doesn't end with them. It actually opens up. They tried to kill us, but they didn't know that we were seeds. Yeah. So powerful, man. And I think, I think you may have even quoted it earlier, or maybe it was just in my head when you said something, but where, uh, Paul says, unless a seed falls into the earth and mm. dies, it cannot 
multiply wow. very much too. I gotta write it so down. I exactly gotta write it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly what you're talking about. Who was the seed? The capital S seed. Jesus, right? The offspring of Abraham. And Paul said, I refer to the one seed, not multiple seeds, because now we are the one seed of Christ. We're the one light, mm-hmm. the one seed, which is why, alluding to what you were saying, no one ever has to die again because there's no greater level than Christ. Because he became the martyr, like you were saying, he became the one that opened us. The veil was now rent. Ooh, mm-hmm. shaka. And so because, sorry, I get a little wacky. Good. So because of that, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little drunk, bro. I'll be it. honest. With you. Mm-hmm. Let's do some early morning drinking. These men are not drunk as you suppose. <laughs> but uh, he became, like you said, that seed that now multiplied into everyone. Yeah. Because before that, the Holy Spirit could only come upon and rest upon certain people. I'm not telling you this for the sake of the audience. I know you know this. But like you were saying about the garment, Galatians 3.27, it says, if you've been baptized into Christ, you've now put on Christ. Or my favorite translation of it says, you've been wrapped up in Christ. You've been enveloped in Christ. Chris Blackaby goes as far as saying you've become Christ, which I love because literally 1 Corinthians 6.17 says that he who is joined to the Lord has become one spirit which is why we can say one seed and it means the whole body of Christ. So what is the body of Christ? We are, we are cells that come together and formulate Jesus on the earth for sure. And if if we are the temple of the Holy spirit, it doesn't mean I've I've said this before. It doesn't mean that we are a Tupperware container that has Holy spirit floating around inside of us. It means our very DNA has now been composed of the spirit of the almighty God. Because if it says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the actual temple, it doesn't say we're a temple that holds Holy Spirit inside. It says we're a temple of the spirit, which means if it's a temple of wood or a temple of brass or a temple of gold, that's what the temple is comprised of, right? So if we're a temple of the spirit, then that means we're a spirit temple now. And so it means that our spirit, all of our, I believe it's seven bodies, all of our seven bodies have now merged, like you were saying, into one to where now we we can become that full spirit body, as 2 Corinthians 5 talks about, not laying down anything anymore, but now being fully swallowed in life. It says that death would be swallowed in life. That which is corruptible would be overtaken by that which is incorruptible. That which is mortal being overtaken by that which is immortal. Second Timothy 1.10 is where the Lord really cracked this open for me and really started making me feel crazy for about a couple years, <laughs> which is where it says that Christ now came and revealed the gospel of life and immortality. Yeah, And I was like, why is nobody saying that he said immortality right here? Why is nobody saying? And then it started cracking open a few years later that all these scriptures that we have that have been turned into heaven or hell scriptures, and I'm not, I'm not trying to go down that road. I'm just saying what we've turned into heaven or hell scriptures in the church body has nothing to do with that when you actually read it. John 3.16, the most famous scripture everyone knows. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not go to hell. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't say that. It says shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What was the punishment for Adam? Death. It's always been about life or death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is hell. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. It says is death. But the free gift given unto us by Christ is eternal life. 
Romans 8.1, I mentioned it earlier, for uh, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of the spirit of sin and death. All of a sudden, it started clicking for me that Father is life. Mm. And there's not an antithesis to the Father because he's matchless in every way. There's Satan is not the opposite of God. <laughs> he's not the opposite enemy of God. Because if God had an enemy truly <laughs> that opposed him, gone in an instant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even just even thought it. Maybe oh, your enemy, man. but not really your enemy. He's yeah, got a yeah. purpose. He's got a exactly. purpose. You think exactly. he's your enemy. Yeah. So that's why it says the last enemy to be defeated is death, because death is an enemy to life. But it can't be an enemy to God because light can never be consumed by darkness and true life can never be overtaken by death. So it's all about right here, renewing the mind to the understanding that I am now a life-giving spirit and always have been if I'll just awaken my eyeballs to it, <laughs> awaken my heart to it. If I'll just grasp it, then I... So many years ago, when the Lord first started speaking to me about some of this, he showed me a, a picture of water. And it was nasty, decrepit, like putrid water. And he took it and he poured it all out, just dumped it on the ground. And then he set it back in for me in, in a vision. And it was completely empty. And he said, that's your guilt, shame, condemnation. I said, oh, wow. He said, now, is there any left? I said, no, you poured it all out. And he said, so if you don't have it, can you now pour it out on anyone else? I said, no, hmm. because it's gone. If, we, yeah. if we've been emptied of it, if we truly understand we've been emptied of it, then it's not just about me. It's now about the understanding that I can't put guilt, shame, or condemnation on another either because it's gone. If it's not in me, it's gone. You if can't see it. Water, you cannot yeah, see it. You don't identify. And that's what God is light. In exactly. him, there is no darkness. He doesn't see that. The only way that he could see it is if it was inside of him. To exactly. be able to, to look at you and see those things. And the most time we have enemies or yeah. who we think are enemies, people, other Christians, atheists, Muslims, I don't, whoever right. you think your enemy is, um, right. it's usually because they remind you of something <laughs> that you don't like about yourself. Come on. And, and you're obviously with, with, this, with this freedom that we have. You yeah. know, people look at us like we're their enemies because we're doing things that they beat yeah. themselves up over. We're looking yeah. into things. God is calling us to, I'm going to say this for me, you had to say amen if it's you, back to looking into astrology, astronomy, looking into the stars that we thought were evil. We've been told, don't look at it. No, hold on. He, he made all of that for a reason and for what? seasons to yeah. reclaim it. And we're looking into that and it's, oh, you can't be a Christian. And, right. uh, and and look into astrology or astronomy. I'm like, you mean I right? can't understand the, the the I can't understand the workings of the stars or the Maseroth that my father created. Like how silly! They don't even know it's in that? there, dude. They don't I even know, know it's right? in the scriptures, man. But like, he said to the people, he said, "You can see what the sun and the moon and the stars are doing, and you know the times and the seasons because of that. But you don't even recognize that I'm right here before you." So he wasn't like mm -hmm. guilting them for knowing the sun and the moon and the stars. He was actually complimenting them yeah. and saying, "You even know how to know the times and seasons because of this." Just like the wise men knew Jesus's birth because of that, he's saying, "But yet you can't recognize me." So if you can recognize that, you should be able to recognize mm -hmm. me. So the point to that is, is what you just said. He was complimenting them. He's saying, "You even got this down." Yeah. You've even learned how to do this. And the tribe of Issachar, 
was given major props in the Bible for knowing how to discern the times and the seasons and being able to read the stars and the shifting of the moon and the sun and all of that. And so, you know, yeah, I'm with you, man. It's like we've given way too much over to, so we've created enemies that don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Because of insecurities. Yeah, we've created enemies because of the inner me that has been told it looks like it has to look a certain way or it has to be a certain way or this is Christianly and this is not Christianly and this is Christ-like and this is a Christ-like. So we've created all these things. Now, I'm not saying we start worshiping anything over Christ and you're not either, but to not even look at it or acknowledge its existence, then why, why do you acknowledge the sun? Why you guys, do you are, you guys are worshiping angels. You guys are worshiping yeah. stars. Yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? Everything, right. everything, everything, their TV. everything is a portal <clears throat> back to the father. Yeah. Everything is an emanation. Your demons, your darkness, your sin is yeah. a portal to encounter a new aspect of the father, whether it's his forgiveness, whether you look at the stars and you see him, whether you look into your eyes, like you'll find the, the, in the scriptures, if you'll allow it. But yeah. if not, if it's within you, everything is a sin and everything is darkness and everything is corrupted. Listen, to the pure, yes. all things are pure. Yeah. But to the impure, that's right. all things are already corrupted. Brother. We live in a fallen world, brother. Everything yeah. is fallen, brother. Yeah. You can't, uh, the church is fallen, brother. They've turned their back on God, brother. Everything, you know, okay. Well, and the Lord says, amen. Yeah. So be yeah. it. So I am that I am. I'll become whatever you say I am. Yeah. Yeah. Am I yeah. an angry, wrathful God? Yes, he is. Okay. Well, he becomes that in your reality. Yep. I think it, I think that's idolatry. I don't think it's true, but he becomes that. Whatever you think, whatever you say it is. So how much light is within you when you have the potential to be like Christ and look at a fallen world? Because yeah, there's people here that are fallen, to look at them and restore them with 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 your speech to forgive their sins that you have, yeah. not, not Jesus, you have yeah. the ministry of reconciliation, forgiving yeah, sins, blasphemy. Mm -hmm. No, listen, you yeah. got it. Step into it, declare it. It's already been done. They just don't know it. That's yeah. the power that we have to shift this thing around, but you'll never do it if you don't see it. Bring more sure. light into you through intimacy with Christ, through studying sure. of the, the scriptures, through being a good person, through honoring each other. And, and God will give you light unspeakable. And we can and we will and we are turning this thing around. Amen. Absolutely, brother. I'm with you 100%. Holy Ghost. The wheat, the wheat and the tarot. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay. I don't need any more of that, right? Well, I do, but I don't at the same time, so I could keep functioning. But yeah, uh, the wheat and the tares, you know, the whole the whole reality of the, mm -hmm. Jesus telling uh, the disciples, you know, the parable of that and saying, we don't want to cut the tares out yeah. sooner is because he's saying that without the wheat and the tares, the fullness of the field isn't being accomplished, mm. which is, of course, the field is the earth. It was the world. And because Jesus says in a different parable that, you know, the field is like the earth. So that the wheat and the tares growing up together is only a perceptional reality of us saying who's a wheat and who's a tear. I may be a tear to someone else that I'm calling a yeah. tear. Or I may call them a wheat and they call me a tear, or I, they may call me a wheat and I'm calling them a tear. And then really the father's ultimate goal was saying, really, I don't even want to get to where we have to cut any of them down or separate any of them. I let them continue to grow up together because guess what, guys, there's a ton of stuff 
that the tares in the Christian world called the tares are accomplishing that God wants the wheat to be doing and they're not. Shoot. So the tares do it. Yeah. I mean, when it comes time. to this stuff we've talked about, like the revelation of you mentioned the Maseroth and I'm going to be mm -hmm. honest with like, I've been on this for a long time and, and, and there was no churches talking about this. I, yeah. I didn't get this from any church. No Perry Stone, nobody was talking mm -hmm. about this. I had to go, honestly, to Jordan Maxwell and to Santos Bonacci, who were giving you biblical precepts. And shout out to Karina. We're going to be talking about this on her show later, how we have to explore, right? And you have to leave yeah. the religion of, of your fathers. That's part of this exploration oh, of just stepping yeah. out, out of the boat. We'll stop there. But there was no Christians <laughs> talking about it, but they had a different revelation of God, of the Bible, of the scriptures that we were missing because we didn't have that light and that revelation. And so do you... Are they right about everything? No, but about this, about right. this interpretation, about this point of view that they're reading the scriptures or they see God, we totally, it illuminates now. Now we have light to go back and rightly divide the word of truth. Something you've been reading over your entire life, thousands of years, Christians have read this stuff and have never gotten it. And they've yeah. been blinded. The God of this world has blinded their eyes. They don't get it until... They submit themselves to the light and they become love. And now the Lord's like, I'm going to open up a new seal of revelation. Yeah. Only I can open it. And there's really yeah. no knowledge and there's no study and there's no mysteries that, that will open it for you. Only the lamb is able to open the seal and show you his beauty, his mysteries. And as long as we submit to that, listen, come whatever may, man, come yeah. whatever may. And so... We need to honor and celebrate our brothers and sisters, not talk down of them because they don't have the same revelation of Jesus. And listen, if you were in darkness and, and you've seen this light, you they haven't seen him in the same light that we have. They've seen a different light. And it most likely was not a good one. It was Fred Phelps in the Westboro Baptist Church. It was legalism. It was so many things that Jesus is not. So our job is to simply represent Christ to re-present him to yeah. the world. And that's all we do, just by being yourself. Yeah. Authentic. It, being your, your true self. Yeah. Which is love, yeah. which is light. That's it. Which is love, which is life, which is light. You know, there's only certain things that it says in the scripture, God 100% is, and that's three of them, light, life, and love. So if we're his representation, then we are to become light, life, and love, which the becoming part is, is a funny wording because it's not that we have to actually become it, but we do. Mm -hmm. because we have to allow ourselves to become transformed by the renewing of our mind, but it's only the transformation of, Hey, this is me. Yeah. You know, we don't have to teach a baby to be a child. We don't have to teach a baby to be a human, but they have to learn things that they grow and develop in, but it's already there in them. They're already a human. They already have all their organs. They already have their teeth. Even it just, they don't come down They're inside their body though. So it's the same with us. All of that is there, but sometimes we have to recognize we're not the vessel. We're not the jar of clay. We're that fire within. Mm. And if you are life, then what does that mean? You are life. That means, you know, and Jesus was talking uh, to his disciples and he said that if your eye be whole, then your whole body will be filled with light. But if not, then there is darkness within and how great that darkness is. So it's not that darkness is actually great. It's how much you magnify it. 
So it's, you know, what we've been saying, if you magnify light, you'll become fully enveloped in the light. You'll continue to expand in the light, the life, the love of the father. If you expand darkness and you're going to go further into the reality of a separation from the father, unfortunately in your own mind, because you're going to create this veil again of darkness that has been fully removed by Jesus. But if you don't acknowledge that, then there's a veil there, you know, and, uh, I'm going to probably say something a little controversial here for some people, but I do a teaching on what you just mentioned on the God of this world has blinded their eyes. And that God, the God of this world is actually you. We've actually been made the God of this world. David even said back in Psalms, he said, the, the, uh, the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the son of man. I don't believe and, that uh, guys. I'll rebuke. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. It's your show, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, you know, it talks about in, in another place, Paul says that those that are enemies of the cross are the ones whose God is their own belly. Mm. So they made themselves God. Yeah. So basically the only way we can be blinded to the true living God and what he's accomplished is if you see yourself as a God above, him. Mm. because if you are magnifying your faults above God, even if it's false humility, and I say false, because when we think that our humility means we are less than what Jesus is, has said we are, or has made us to be, that's a false humility. We need to say what he says about us. What the father has said about us. So we can either, I think it was Ian Clayton. I heard say one time that we can either look in the mirror and see ourselves as the God, or we can see ourselves as a God. So we can either see ourselves after the likeness, the gene genealogy, the representation, the image, the manifestation of our father, or we can see ourselves as our own separate God. Mm -hmm. So that's where the downfall comes in is if we say magnifying, which means going back to kind of talking about the immortality thing is if you're magnifying your humanity and that which uh, used to before you were a new creation have association to death, then you're actually manifesting death in your own reality. Yeah. Because you're giving an open doorway to saying death still exists in my realm when Jesus said, no, it's actually already defeated. So if you agree with me that it's defeated, then it's done. So who you are is dictated by whether you see yourself as one with the most high or as your own separate smaller G God that will now create your own reality. And so father's given you that capacity. (laughs) So it's like, it's kind of scary, but at the same time, when you just allow yourself to enter into that, then you realize that the power of life and death in the tongue means that you only want to speak life. You only want to come into agreement of what Jesus has said you are. And once again, quoting Bill Johnson, because I just respect that man. And and as Justin Paul Abraham says, sometimes we'll quote Bill Johnson to say, now I've made myself a little bit more legitimate to most people. (laughs) And it cracks me up. Or the other other way around, depending on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're backing each other up. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Oh man, now I lost what it was I was going to say because I decided to make that little joke. <laughs> it is, uh, oh man, yeah. Anyway, basically, what we, we kind of have determined what our reality is going to be because we have decided through the words that we frame up. Oh, 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 the pattern. What Bill Johnson said to you know back when I was learning all these things about life and immortality a long time ago is that um, the pattern for the new creation that we are in Christ, the new man is not even the pre-cross Jesus. It's actually the post-cross Jesus. 
the one that was trained, the one that uh, appeared to 500 different disciples at once, the one that wasn't even recognizable to certain people until they felt his energy, until he, they felt his words that are life. Remember, they didn't recognize him on the seashore. They had just spent every single day with him for three solid years, him teaching them, and they didn't even recognize him by his physical form on the seashore. Mary didn't recognize him by his physical form in the garden. She said, I thought you were the gardener. And he said, then he said to her, Mary, and she said, Rabbanah, she felt his energy. She felt the love and the life on his words that was released. And so Mm -hmm. then she knew who it was. So that's the manifestation of who we are supposed to become through recognizing that we are beyond any elementary principles. You know, Paul talks about why would you put yourself back under those laws and realities when you've now become far superior to that in Christ. And it's only through him and by him that we're far superior to them, Mm -hmm. obviously. But it's a reality that we're meant to exist in because he's now made the ancient pathways the new and living way. The new and living way, Hebrews 10, is the same as the ancient pathways, which is a person, the person of Jesus, the person of Christ. So, yeah, once we acknowledge those things and we can begin to uh, uh, realize those things and walk in those things, you know, people have caught hold of this and they've had plants come alive near them. They've had flowers that were bent over and droopy come alive and start to have dead petals resurrect. You know, how do people resurrect people from the dead? Well, they're so full of life. They can release nothing but life, you know? So yeah, it's all, it's all so powerful, man. And there's so many ways to, you know, enter into all these truths and and talk on them. You know, it's like, this could be days and weeks and months and years and eternity <laughs> it is, man and it's taken a lifetime to to get to where we are now you know to wade through false yeah. teaching or misunderstanding or just knowing listen that served me in, in that area so i'm thankful that yeah. i thought that way but thinking that way and continuing to to wrestle now gives me empathy for people who are there Absolutely. right so and i don't look down on someone who doesn't believe like me or somebody who yeah. even thinks that we're heretics or whatever listen there was a point in my life where i thought many people were heretics and i pointed yeah. the finger so it would make sense that you know you yeah. get some of that yourself kind of thing but let me ask you this so yeah. with um eternal life and and this new revelation like i i, I shared with you and i've been kind of just sprinkling in it here and there uh you know Two months ago now, I had an encounter where the the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in my room and and teaches me for a a week straight. Amazing. Never had an encounter like that. I feel like it changed my life. I have staple encounters in my life. I wasn't looking for it. Didn't see it. Showed up. Amazing. Um, And it was the revelation of light. A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about, um, he taught me for a week straight, connecting stuff, opening up revelation to me. Amazing. And I've given myself over to studying it. But the one thing that I'm kind of having problems with, because as far as the gospel is concerned, where, where I stand, I think that the gospel of Christ uh, and, and the cross of Christ is something that was done for everyone. And he restored everyone and everything. They just don't know it. They just never heard it. And so hearing right. it releases who they really are and what is available. Them seeing it shows them what's available for them. So that's our job is to, to be it, to speak it, and to share Um, so that's what I believe that everyone gets to go to heaven because of what Christ did, that he emptied, he defeated death for everyone. He emptied hell for everyone, right? Just kind of teaching. Um, so he gives us the gift of everlasting life. And so the, the, 
after Christ, like the gospel is clear that it's the free gift of God, lest any man should boast. Yeah. But a lot of this understanding that I'm that I'm tapping into and we've been talking about can easily get um get accused or mistranslated as as works based salvation. Mm -hmm. So um adding light, becoming light, attaining light, fixing your body to to determine where you get to spend eternity as if heaven is just one mm -hmm. realm. You know, so right. there's that understanding that levels of light and density get to go higher and higher depending on how who you are and how dense you are versus how heavy. So there's that idea. But where does it come in with, you know, this works-based reward system, which is clearly in the Bible too. Like I'm going to give unto every man according to his deeds and I'm going yeah. to reward everyone differently. Some of you are going to pass into this and some of you into this. But um, so where does the gospel come into play for us ascending for you? What, what do you believe? Does everybody just get a measure that everybody gets into the kingdom, but there's different roles, there's different densities, different levels in eternity. What do you believe with the gospel of light and, and us becoming light? Yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, we can either... So I, I, the last thing you were talking about is really where I'm at, 30, 60, 100-fold kind of mm -hmm. realities. I don't think that there are people that are ever intended to stay in any of those places. I think that the reality of eternal life means that there's always going to be people moving from different levels of where they're at in what we can just say maturity, for lack of a better term, or their transfiguration. Uh, so they're going to move always. We're going to have people go from 30, 60 to 100 fold. Now, when I say 100 fold, I don't believe that it's one of those things where we ever all of a sudden attain you know, perfection or the, the exact likeness of our yeah. father, anything like that, because we're all always going to be ever expanding because he's always ever expanding, you know? So my take on it is 100% that people are going to be where they're at for a certain time frame, and that they're always going to have the capacity to go greater and deeper. So connected in with immortality and eternal life, you can have that. And it doesn't have to be after you lay your body down. You can transfigure, you can be swallowed up in life now. You know, Paul became that way. I believe that Paul was living about as close to 100% as Jesus was, as anyone else that was out there. Peter was pretty close, but Paul was immortal. And it was because he was living from the realm of understanding that, you know, it wasn't about him ob obtaining a reward system from the Father. It was that he knew that what he did was going to create a ripple effect. And it was going to be a seed sown for something that was going to come back. So one that I've, I've often talked about in relation to this is when Jesus says, by your words, you shall be judged and by your words, you shall be condemned. So we always think of judge as a very negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Now, condemn isn't a negative connotation. But when he says, by your words, you shall be judged, it doesn't mean that it's going to be negatively. Now, condemned will be, but what he's saying there is not one day over yonder at a white throne judgment, are you going to be, there's going to be somebody there like in that show, Loki, saying, hey, is this every word you've ever said? Please look it up. Have you seen the show, Loki? Uh-uh, I have not. Bro, you would love it. Trust me. Check it out. Is that but, from the Marvel thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a show that, a spinoff that they did on Loki on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you definitely want to check it okay. out. If you're in the multiverse, if you're Heck into... Yeah you know, trans-dimensional travel and timelines and all that. You'll love Loki. Uh, but anyway, 
in the show, when he gets to this uh, certain place, I don't want to give too much away. They have every single word that he says in this stack of paper. And he even says at one point, he goes, are you serious? And another piece of paper goes, and prints out. And he's like, please sign off that you said this too, please. And so it's so funny because I'm like, that's exactly what I think people think means. Oh, so given an, okay, given an account for every word. Yeah, every word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I believe the Lord has shown me on that, this is my take, of course, and, you know, mm-hmm. me saying it is, it is my take, but anyway, is that uh, there's something that you've opened up in your own realm of existence by everything that you've spoken or every deed that you've done. Mm-hmm. So if you release, uh, you know, like we said, the power of life and death is in the tongue, just for an example. So if you curse, this is why Jesus taught others, taught everyone to bless those who were cursing mm-hmm. them is because if you are cursing someone, you've actually opened up in your realm of reality the ability for curses to come to you. But if you're not cursing, then you're not allowing that to even be become a part of your reality. So if your reality is all blessings, and even when those are cursing you and you bless them back, you're keeping your realm of everything that's going to take place within your existence, your, uh, your, your own physical makeup and your own world that you live in. You and I can live in the same earth but we can also live in different portals at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So which we already we, are exactly. know, as far as like a reality, like, yeah, obviously mine and your reality is totally different and yeah. yours and your neighbors and yours and your wife, yeah. like everybody, like, again, what we said earlier, like God is a, a, a God who's here to, he's a hard, he's harsh yeah. on us. You know, he's, yeah. he's, God is mean. God is unfair. God is unjust. Like, that's your reality. That's not my, that's not my reality. That's not the, I, I think God is all things and he becomes those yeah. things. But, but uh, yeah. you got two people next to each other and, and who Jesus is and how, what he's able to forgive, what he's able yeah. to do, if he's able to heal from one city yeah. to the next, we, we quite literally seen that, that, and he became that. Yeah. And he would come to others. Man, this is Jesus. He's a, he's a carpenter. He's a, he's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. you know, bricklayer. Uh, yeah. He doesn't, he can't heal nobody. And guess what? He couldn't heal nobody because right. of their their unbelief. And so, yeah. man, the reality or the, the realm that you live in uh, is based off of your own understanding yeah. or misunderstanding, if you will. Absolutely. And that's where it's the level of consciousness that you're at, the Christ consciousness that you're aware of or not aware of. So to me, the level of Christ consciousness that you're at is the 30, 60, 100. It's what you're releasing into your own reality. Therefore, others become impacted by that in a good or a negative way, because we are all highly charged, life-giving light beings, but we can be highly charged, death-giving light beings, sadly. And so it's our reality that we're, you know, the reason why, in my opinion, they need to have media set up the way it is, is because they understand these spiritual laws. And if they want to have destructive storms come, now this is kind of opening a huge can of worms and going off the trail a little bit, but it's not, is that if they want to have big destructive storms come, all they need to do is say it to the people, and then they get all the people talking about it. And guess what? They form this up, they frame it up, they make it a reality. Because if it was not in our consciousness or in our imagination, imagination yeah. or in our, yeah, or in our p- place of awareness to ever speak it out, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. If it's not in somebody's heart, which is their consciousness, their level of understanding, their imagination, their knowledge, then they would never speak it, which means it would never manifest. Mm-hmm. 
So that to me is, is hopefully answering your question as in everybody's always going to continue to grow and expand and some are going to do it at different rates based on their own level of seeking their own desire of seeking and their own awareness of who the father is. Like we've been saying, if he's, if he's not going to allow you to do that, or it's blasphemous to say that you're one with God, you're going to be in that for who knows how long that's a cycle you're going to stay in. But if you go past that, then those ceilings become ladder rings and you rungs, ladder rungs, and you start to climb up those things. Instead, they become a staircase, you know, um, where, where we were at yesterday should always become a, a stepping stone to going to a higher place today, basically. You know, living water is always a flowing water. Fresh oil should always be fresh oil. You know, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about if there's a fly and the perfume or oil, most translations say oil, but a lot of them say perfume too, is that it makes the whole thing putrid. But that only comes from stagnation. So the only way anything about what we are doing can become putrid is if we're never allowing it to continue to flow, to grow, to expand, to go into higher dimensional realities of Christ consciousness. So that's where we can become transfigured and ultimately swallowed up in life, in my opinion. So you can either do it in your physical body or it happens after you've laid down your physical body and then you start to just develop inside your celestial body and inside of your ethereal body. So it kind of just depends where you how far and how fast and how deep you want to go because he'll always meet you wherever you want to be as fast as you want to do it wow yeah i'm with you man i'm with you there there's <laughs> levels you know that kind of gets to the uh the catholic um belief that i used to no it's not like that you know i went to a catholic funeral several years ago a friend of mine passed he took his life and um oh they were like, let's pray for him to on his journey on like, let's pray for him to he gets another chance to like receive Christ because I was oh, like, wow. it's, not, it's not a Christian. And I remember of me being a charismatic Christian. And I'm like, I don't think that's scriptural, brother. I don't think that. But obviously, there, there are things that were taking taken out of the Bible that really talk about this journey of the soul that you can help your uh your, your loved ones cross. And there's like a seven day journey that was in the Apocrypha. And yeah. the, the Apocrypha is still in many of the Catholic Bibles. Yeah. They were in the King James early versions and stuff. So yeah. I remember hearing that and be like, no, no, if you die without knowing Jesus, you're done. But it's like that notion of how like, how possessive and, and how, as a matter of fact, I thought I was to, to be right. like, oh, you know, you, you, said no now you got to live with the consequences but his grace man finds a way to reconcile everyone back to him and so uh that idea you know of 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 other choices and other other things that happen on the other side man and so i'm I'm more open to that idea now you know yeah yeah because i I just i'm to simplify something that's really, really deep and probably a lot different than what most people would believe without a doubt is that I'm a firm believer that we're known by the Father before and that we were actually crucified with Christ before the foundation of the world. When he was a slain lamb before the foundation of the world was actually when we were, hold on one second, I'm so sorry, I'm going to check something here real quick. Oh, okay. All right, we're good. 
it's just my daughter here with me and somebody just walked up to the door but i realized now it was like fedex or ups or something so i was like daddy mode i'm like let me check this out real quick uh <laughs> and so you could edit that if you want but um <clears throat> yeah so um I believe we were known, you know, Ephesians is very clear. We were predestined for the foundation of the world. Um, we existed as these eternal light beings. I, I, I even believe that we are the light of the world that was mentioned in Genesis before it ever said there was a sun, the moon, and the stars. It said there was light that came forward. And John 1 clearly is a parallel to Genesis 1. And it says that light was the life of men. So if that light came into the world there before the sun and the moon and the stars, then I believe that's the light of the world. Jesus was saying you were originally before these other lesser lights were ever put into existence. And so if we're known that way, then our, our existence to come into this earth is not to try to wow. strive and claw to find our father or to be set free from sins or to try to figure out our eternal afterlife. It's to actually realize that the father has sent us to be his representation exactly like he sent Jesus to be. The only difference is, is we don't have to have the cross. Jesus said to me one time, he said, you are meant to do everything that I did except for the cross. That was the only difference was because he did that in the heavenly realms, which meant it was his in the earth. Once realms. and for all. Yeah, exactly. If we, if we see that all Once died, and for Christians. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once and for all. We see that. Uh, <laughs> therefore, if all died, hmm. you know, then all shall live. Yeah. We see that if one died for all, then all died. So the reality is, is that that to me means that this physical body is only a reality to try to manifest the father and get to that level of this deep swallowing up of who we were before we ever came into this physical body so that we can reveal the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. as much as possible, which to me is to, you know, obviously if we're talking about immortality is to never end. Yep. It's to stay in that realm. It's to stay in that reality, you know, and to become swallowed up in life that you never actually die because you're actually manifesting the kingdom of heaven that has no death in it, has no darkness in it, has no uh, destruction or decay in it, you know? Especially if, if you're there because you are yeah. light. And mm -hmm. all of us together, there is no, in him, there is, because we're, we are in him. So there is no darkness, whether he was darkness from, I mean, light from the beginning, which the scripture says that, but yeah. if we have, if we are light and we yeah. all come together, we are, yeah. we, there is no that darkness. Light just expands, it man, yeah, it magnifies. And so therefore you have the reality of the book of Revelation that says in the new Jerusalem, which I yes. fully believe is us as a people, yeah. and it says that there's no need for the sun or the yep. moon or the stars for the lamb. Mm -hmm. is the light so in heaven there is no sun or moon or stars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until this is fully taken over by the kingdom of heaven but even when that happens it says that we're going to create it recreate it into such a dimensional way that it ref reflects fully heaven which means all lesser lights are gone yeah that's so you know, good, the sun man. can be blocked out at some point which creates darkness the moon can be blocked out at some point which creates darkness that can't happen in heaven the lamb can never be blocked out that's so good. And all of this, remember I told you that revelation I had, it was for the first time. That, I mean, we've heard this my whole Christian life, but to to get the reality of it. And I haven't even went back and read Hebrews yet, like with, yeah. like in this new level. And I already know so much is going to be revealed. But yeah, oh, yeah. especially the, in chapters nine and 10, man. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the whole New Jerusalem and, and temples and man, yeah. it is insane. Yeah.
Um, well, because my favorite translation of what we mentioned earlier, uh, I love the Passion Translation. I know that's somehow controversial. I'm just getting into that one myself. Oh, love it, man. Yeah. Love it. Uh, in in uh, Ephesians 2.22, it says that, uh, you know, most people say you become the temple of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about earlier. It's true. But I love this translation because it says you've now become the Holy of Holies. Mm. And I'm like, that, that to me is accurate. Because I fully believe, you know, the original translation of, uh, quote unquote, salvation for us in the earth is that the Aramaic is that you've now become a new heaven and a new earth. And so you've acknowledged the new heaven and the new earth that you are in Christ. So that means that you've become the holy of holies because that's where in the pictorial reality of the Old Testament, the Father always came and dwelt. The Spirit always came and dwelt. Yahweh always came and dwelt, was in the Holy of Holies, right? So now if he exists with us as one with us, then we're a mobile Holy of Holies. Hallelujah. I know, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And that's what I've said. I say, I say uh, in one of my songs, I say, we are living epistles, a yep. walking ark of the covenant. Yeah. Uh, Put your, uh, put your trust in the Father, never put your trust in the government. I'm in tune yeah. with the Spirit, revealing the prophecies in my lyrics. You will hear it. Don't fear it. The mystery, mysteries. You'll find me in my prayer closet, praying on my knees, speaking yeah. to my God, come and clean the bloody streets. Like, man, it's so, so good. good. The reality of, of what we really yeah. are, if we'll yeah. believe it. Yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing in the body of Christ. I'm a part of that body. So I, I am excited yeah. what he's doing in my life for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's not just me. That would be selfish. That would be yeah. blinding. It would be so many, it would be conceited to think that he wasn't doing that in the lives of others. And I have to honor that and talk about that, explore that to unlock it in myself and yeah. to get it. And we yeah. need each other. And, and this is the thing about the gatekeepers, man. We are just now getting this. I don't know. Yeah. The, the early church got it to a degree, but they had schisms and fights too. But there's this culture of honor that we're stepping into. Yes. And it says, and I don't, and it's, it's above any offense. Yeah. Uh, it's not personal. It is the four agreements. Take none of this personal. You know what I'm saying? This is like, this is for yes. the betterment of me because I'm a part of the body, but a betterment of the world, you know, yeah. and for us to yeah. come together and to honor one another and what I'm seeing and in this movement, I would call it a Christian mystical movement, Christian mystic movement. But I, I hate to take I take that term off it because it is Christian. It is what we were meant. All all Christians were meant to to be. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because if you yeah. call it Christian mystic, then it's those those guys over there. But it's not like yeah. that's my past to get on the shows a Christian mystic. But it's like, man, throw the mystic out the water. Like all Christians yeah, yeah, are supposed yeah, to yeah. be in a mystical communion uh, with, right. with Christ. He is the mystery that we're exploring but Absolutely. it's in our diversity. Mm -hmm. It is in our diversity. And we, because the, the hand looks different than, than the elbow. Yeah. The eye looks different than the toe. So yeah. to, to judge one another, say it looks different. I don't like the way it operates, but no, hold on. We, if we work together, one can set a thousand a flight. But two can set 10,000. Listen, let's work together and find out that we have more in common than we thought. And I'm really seeing that in the yeah. body of Christ right now. And it is amazing. If you honor it and if you'll step into it, you'll step into a whole new realm. Listen, people who have had to leave the church because of what they carry and what where God was calling them and, 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 and the, in the, the, 
church buildings have told them that they weren't a part of the, the body of Christ because, or, or they weren't a part of the church because they didn't go to a church. Right. And now we're calling them in. Hey, man, come on. Listen, we need you. We need yeah. you. We need you with all your differences, all of your flaws, all of your revelation. Listen, we're going to work together and honor one another. And that's what God's doing. He's going to like he's gathering the body from the, the four corners of the earth and bringing them together so that we'll formulate Christ. He's gathering yeah. his body, man. So this yeah. stuff is starting to make more sense. Like yeah. and that's what he does in Revelation. Like he gathers his children, man. And uh, I'm so excited what God is doing in 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 our midst and uh and and to and through everyone who would just seek Him. Yeah. If you seek Him, you'll get it. Yeah. If you're really seeking yeah. Him, you're gonna get it eventually. Absolutely. You're gonna get it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm more excited than I've ever been in all of my life about it. And you know, there's so many people that have handed you know, this nation, this earth, this yeah. time frame over to destruction and mm -hmm. darkness. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to keep getting worse and everything's going to fall apart. And it, it's, it's because they framed up this whole end time theology. And I'm not trying to get us over into that. I'm just saying well, we, it's that reality of what we've been talking about, what you believe. So I've always thought it was so odd that so many people want to believe in a reality of so many things getting worse so that it can get better. Well, that means that you're, praying against destruction that you actually have said you desire to come to pass. Mm. So that's, that's like such an oddity to me that I can't yeah. comprehend. No. The father has no destruction planned before this nation, for this earth, for creation. No, his plan is life and it more abundant. That's why Jesus said, Hey man, life and it more abundant is what it's all about. The only the thief comes to kill, still and destroy. That's why he was telling them. He's like, listen, if you think my father is like this, You've got it wrong. I've came to show you that my father is life. So the only thing that's planned for creation is redemption and restoration. Romans yep. 8, right? Mm -hmm. All creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Not because destruction and decay and, and you know torment is coming, but because life is coming. Man, life I, will be made I, manifest. I, I watched the video yesterday and it was good preaching, but uh John Cooper from from Skillet is like yeah. he's mm -hmm. really like in your face with the gospel right now and pointing the finger at celebrities and pointing yeah. the finger at the godless government, you know, but it comes back as point your finger at yourself because they're waiting on you. Yeah. They're waiting yeah. on you. They're not waiting on Jesus to come back. They're not waiting on to rule and reign of the, the Satan. No, no. They're waiting on you That's to right. act like who you really are for you to, to, to manifest and become who you really are. And That's so it. The, uh, there was a band called um, Norma Jean. I don't know if you ever listened to them. But oh, dude, one of my all-time favorites. They had, they had a song called The Entire World is Waiting yeah. on You and You Don't Even Know It. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a big metalhead, man. I actually <laughs> do de death metal vocals for a long time. And it was all in what I called, you know, back then called Christian bands. But yeah, I'm a too. huge fan of uh, as I lay dying, Norma yeah. Jean, the chariot. I loved everything Scogan did, still do the 68, yeah. all the stuff. He's no, doing. Norma Jean's, I just got an email. Norm, we just saw POD, but Norma Jean is like opening up for Norma, uh, for, for POD and living sacrifice for oh, the wow. next three shows with POD. And I was like, the bands that opened up when they came to Mobile, they were not good. I'm like, it's, it was <laughs> cool, but it's like, dude, Norma Jean and, and living sacrifice. Like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah 
I'm yeah. from I'm from the scene, dude. I played yeah. bass and did vocals and and, and metal awesome, as well. Man. Yeah, I loved it. I, I have I, I have some stuff I'll send you later that uh, uh I finally got to do it again after like a decade, and it was amazing to do it. It was fun, but oh yeah, I used to be obsessed, man. I was a guy who worked at Applebee's right out of high school, mm. and I was obsessed with metal. So I'd be like out front, like, "Can I get you guys some sweet tea today?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then I have an appetizer. Like, "No, no, I'll, I'll let you look at the menu. I'll go get your drink." As soon as I walk in the back, I'd be like, yeah, "Just like yeah, screaming," yeah. and the cooks would get in on it, you know. And I'd be like, "Just going yeah. off." I loved walking around Walmart, being the guy that was like weirding out the, everybody shopping by being like, yeah, just shrieking and stuff. And <laughs> I was so obsessed with it, but yeah. I uh, for a season, you know. Yeah. But I always loved the heart of uh some of the people that were really really in it you know the first under oath stuff that came mm. out um but yeah i was real big in a skillet even you mentioned john cooper yeah. loves skillet. so anyway i'm getting i'm detracting big time no, right yeah now. but no I'm it's good man it's good for sure yeah, like i'm die hard i got to meet maddie montgomery um oh right yeah because he he actually moved to mobile so i'm 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 in mobile and nice. uh, he moved to mobile to be a part of the church uh, which is now called Gates of Zion. It was called the yeah. Rock Church, which is where um, Damon Thompson uh, yeah. was a minister there. And this is right down the road from me. I didn't know That's who cool. he was at the time, uh, Damon, back in the day. And uh, but uh, his, you know, the way he changed over the years and, and got dreads and tattoos and all yeah. that, got into the youth movement and stuff. And uh, but I got to meet yeah. Maddie Montgomery, who's the, the you know vocalist for the band yeah. for today, which is yeah. a really militant amazing uh christian metal band so it's okay. right down the road and i've been able to visit that church uh, a couple times as well and uh what's his name with the the, the uh, living letters goes there um, yeah Dan daniel Book of um, Eber, you know that? yeah daniel jadediah cook yeah 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 he's my twin um <laughs> he's I awesome to, i love him I got, yeah he's a great guy yeah maddie maddie has like some kind of new like uh indie worship thing I, going. I heard i got i've got the notification for the uh for the sponsored ad they put out yeah. and it sounds like Rin collective kind of stuff, really Southern. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a banjo in and everything. Yep. He literally, he had to like forewarn the people. He's like, I'm in this, but you're going to, you're not going to be looking for what I did before. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I heard it. I heard it. I think yesterday or the day before it was so good, yeah. man. Um, let's get, let's get back on subject. I, I love yeah, talking about sure. this stuff too. And we can do a whole show on this. Um, I know, right? but it's cool. We have more things in common than we thought. Let me ask you this, because this is something that you brought up. And this is something yeah. that I've kind of. I'm coming full circle to some of this now. You mentioned that we were with Christ and he is the light and we were those lights mm -hmm. at one point. Um, the idea of a third of the angels, the me God's messengers, a third of them fell. I've heard this in the past of a theory wasn't from Christians, but right. the idea of, hey, we are the fallen angels. We are the mm -hmm. ones who fell. And my study and research now, I'm like, there could be some credence to this. Now, the the falling, whether we think of sinning, like we sinned and fell out of heaven, maybe. Right. But the very act of, I'm going to choose to go to earth because I need, I want to come here because... I need to be proved. This is the proving ground. This is a school. And if you want to go to another level in heaven, in the spirit, we just talked about this. You mm -hmm. have to be tested. You have to be tried to get more light. Listen, yeah. you're carrying too much stuff you need to let go of. So 
go to earth, go through the school, go through the process, learn to love. And when you get back, you're going to be rewarded another yeah. level of glory. Okay. So there's, but I'm, I'm opening up to the idea that humans, we could be the ones who fell. And again, that falling is just, we chose to come here and we left a higher state and became, we put on bodies yeah. and, and yeah. we put, you know, we, we, we incarnated here. What did you, and I thought that was blasphemous for a long time, but now recently yeah. with all of this Ascension stuff, we are literally individually and collectively as humanity ascending to become light, to yeah. take our place, our rightful place back amongst the stars. Right. What, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, um, I, I believe that it's very possible in my research and my study. I don't know if I would say like every single one of us that exist in the earth are because of, uh, uh, anything that took place like a battle or a, um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a. uh, Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a rebellion, mm -hmm. like a fight against the Most High before Earth was created, um, or somewhere within that time frame. Because you know, I've studied a lot of that train of thought before. The Nephilim. Me too. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like Genesis one one and Genesis one two. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it's like that seems as if everything was completed and fulfilled. And then one two says, then darkness was upon the. You know, there was chaos and void. Is literally what it gets translated into, as if something took place. 